0: What is up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to give you a nice, warm welcome to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Hey, our website, Iamsaltlake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire catalog of back episodes of the podcast. All 500-plus episodes are right there on the website. Go listen to them. Go check them out. Hey, is this your first time listening to the podcast, and now you're wondering What am I about to get into? What am I about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners really, anyone that might have a cool story to share. Really quick, before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know that I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah. I'm based out of Keller Williams. I'm on the BeHerd team. I'm loving it and I would love to help you guys by giving you a free market analysis of your home. Really simple, really easy, no strings attached. Just reach out to me, get in touch, shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908 and I'll give you a free market analysis of your home. Maybe you're curious what kind of equity you've built on it over the last couple of years. Well, I'd love to help you out on that. Again, uh, my phone number is 801-244-2908. Get in touch. I'd love to chat with you. And on that note, let's get into this conversation on uh, I Am Salt Lake podcast. This is a good one, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. I want to start right off with what even got you interested in making this bread, man. Oh, ooh.
1: um, about once a year, ooh, yum, I would yum, yum, get yum. into a... A food project of some sort, right? Okay. Never been in the culinary world much, but... um, Thank you. Yeah, I did like... I'm like, I want to do pizza. traveled to Italy and not necessarily studied too formally, but then I want to do a Thai curry and okonomiyaki Japanese dishes. And so not too too deep, but try to add more dishes to... You kind of
2: dipped your toe into a lot of different styles?
1: Yeah. And just like wanted to add to the menu for the family, right?
0: So you're a bit of a chef, right? Like you you like to cook, you like to bake, you like
1: to Yeah, I um, never worked in the food industry.
2: But do you make stuff mostly out of boxes, preferably cereal and milk? <laughs> Not if not, know. you're a chef. Thank you. <laughs> in,
0: in Chrissy's eyes. Well, before <laughs> we get too far, so you just, you brought some of your moon bread in with you here to the recording, which you actually, if people hear clinking and stuff, that's, that's some dishes out here, um, for the podcast, but I, it's I, so I'm, I'm gluten free. So unfortunately I can't, uh, enjoy any of it, but. I'm going to get the reactions from Chrissy and, and, and obviously Jordan, we're talking to Jordan Davis here from, from, uh,
2: his, his amazing not, oh, moon sorry. bread here. Oh no, go ahead. Chrissy. I was but chewing in the mic. This how it dare you is chewing. yummy. No, I'll, I'll try to edit <laughs> that out. But oh, so it's so good.
0: What is moon bread? Is this, is, is it an actual type of bread or is this something that you've named?
1: So just something that I named. So it's, I'm just making the old world bread. Some people call old world sourdough, naturally fermented bread, Uh naturally leavened bread. We know it most commonly as sourdough or think of it as just as the original bread. So if you, there's two big differences between bread hundreds of years ago that we had on earth across the world for thousands of years and bread that you might buy in modern America. And those two big differences is we're white or either a hundred percent white or white heavy flour. And the second one is how it's leavened. Okay. Right. So typically it's with like an active dry yeast is how most breads and home bakers know how to make bread today. So the two big differences here is this is a hundred percent whole wheat. I just ground it up right at my home, right before making the flour, but then also it's naturally leavened with a sourdough starter or a masa madre in Spanish, or it's, it's used, I mean, any breads that were made, even like, you know, the Kung Fu Panda, Bao those Chinese dumplings, right? Yeah. Those had a starter in them, a, a sourdough starter, a culture of bacteria and yeast. That allowed those to rise prior to the modern day. And there's variations of this stuff all over the world. But
2: Wow. It's so you quite grind your own wheat
1: too? Yeah. Not hand grind it. I use yeah. It's like a mortar. <laughs> like and one of a, those it,
2: machines. I like, just use
1: my blend tech. So actually if we go if oh. we go back to your earlier question about how did I get into moon bread or bread in general. Yeah. A food project once a year or so. And one of those was actually smoothie bowls. So it wasn't like a set calendar year, but I was about to open smoothie shops in Japan.
0: Okay, We'll have to put a pin in now <laughs> yeah. and go back to that.
1: But so I've got the blend tech there and I did, <laughs> I'm trying to get a new one cause I've ground that thing into the ground. And so I signed up to be their little ambassador. And if I post enough online, <laughs> my fingers crossed. Dude, like, <laughs>
0: blend techs are amazing. Yeah,
1: they, they, they do quite a bit. So just the dull blade just pulverizes the wheat. Yeah. Right? So, um, but yeah, you could grind it however you want, but if you, and, and a lot of the breads that I make, I'll do I'll use white flour but it's like 80 20 right or something like that 50 50 where this is just straight whole wheat flour um this particular one that we're munching on we've got the winning the winning cheese from the Utah cheese awards this year that they they had there at the the City Weekly Best of Utah
0: which is how you and mm, I met. It's like the spicy chili one. Chrissy was one of the judges at the Utah Cheese mm-hmm. Award or Festival, I guess, with uh, that yes. uh, Steve Germain does. Yeah,
2: I was one of the judges uh, for the Utah Cheese Awards.
0: Yeah, and and that's how Jordan was on that as well
2: hmm
1: yeah so he brought
2: the bread to the <laughs> table it was I wasn't I awesome. was asked to bring
1: bread but i brought the bread just because if i'm eating cheese yeah i want bread to go with it oh man and then-
2: it's the perfect palate cleanser when you're going on to another cheese yeah right? it was
1: just like habit then you just eat yeah a little oh. bit and-
0: so how much mm, bread so do you make a week like like you personally i mean are you just making like loaves like on a daily basis or, or like
1: um are so- you just like
0: the bread man in the neighborhood
1: and
2: how much bread do you eat I eat
1: bread, sourdough in one form or another, virtually every day. Yeah, because you can make sourdough crepes or sourdough waffles or sourdough everything, right? So uh, we'll come back to that. (laughs) We can go deep there as well. Yeah. But bread itself, usually every day, probably five to six days a week at least. Okay. I usually do a cycle of baking, typically on the weekends, and I'll do two to three sourdough workshops um, out of my home in Draper. Uh, Yeah, usually two to three a month. Okay. And so that'll, that'll hit with a cycle and there'll be some sort of an event. So if I can schedule a class in advance of the event, then I have surplus bread for that next day I to you. take to it. So I'm doing like a, a holiday boutique next week or sometime this next week. So I just schedule the class the day before.
0: So uh, the boutique, are you, do you sell bread then at these, at these a av- boutiques A little bit, not stuff? as
1: much like at the, at the actual awards for the Utah cheese awards. Okay. I had some there. Okay. But I'm more selling equipment to make bread. So I mean, you see here, I got my grandmother's little metal pot. You can which is
2: so cute, by (laughs) the way. I mean, that's
1: from many, many cheese breads being baked in it for to change color. That's incredible. But I sell. I I work with uh, local potters, and I take. So they make these little bread bakers, well, little, uh, these, these bread bakers, that's just earthenware, right. Mm -hmm. That you would bake the bread in the oven. Okay. And then been working with my, my little brother and my sister, you met my sister. Yeah. She was there. uh, She's a sweetheart.
2: I got to meet her twice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So her and my. One of my younger brothers um, do custom furniture and so had them design and, and they started building these custom breadboards for me as well. So I'll oh. sell that in class and eventually I want to add knives in and proofing baskets and, and actually, all locally handmade stuff is the idea.
2: I have his a picture a of, of his breadboards and his Instagram tag on my Instagram, Lady Salt Lake, or I am Salt Lake, if you want to go check him out. Oh,
1: did he do oh, the-, from the event mm-hmm.
2: from oh. the from um, from the award show? I took pictures.
1: Oh, okay. I, I don't know if I saw all those. I saw your video, but okay, very eh, cool. Just to let you know. Yeah, but so it's like slats. So then when you bring the bread out of the oven, well, first you cook it half lid on, half lid off. Okay. Right? So you got to heat something up that can go to 500 degrees in the oven. Then when you take the lid off, you've got this piping hot lid that you don't want to just set on your counter, burn a hole in your counter, whatever. So you can set it there on your your breadboard. Uh-huh. But then when you bring the bread out, you set it there to cool because it's got slats. So sure. it works as a cooling rack. But then when you cut the bread, the crumbs fall down in. You've got a little drawer below catches it and keeps your kitchen so much cleaner and they look cool as well. So I just started selling those. Okay. So I'm looking to add. So when I teach a class, I might make more money technically off of selling these handmade local goods, working with local artisans than I do on the class itself. But really my mission is to, I just want to empower everybody to make the original bread and everybody in the world, but that's fairly lofty, but I've, I've taught a lot of people here in, in Salt Lake from Utah, from Idaho, from California, from New York, but also from Moscow, right? From Columbia, from South Korea, because I uh, have my classes listed on Airbnb experiences. And so people come in from all over and bread is bread is bread, and it it unifies people in a really neat way.
2: Yeah, I know, and these
0: classes- That's why breaking
2: bread is like the term.
0: (laughs) these classes fascinate me that you do. I I, I think it's the, the raddest thing. And then when I saw that you did it as an Airbnb experience, I was like, you're brilliant. This is brilliant. Cause I've actually always wanted to set something up on, on Airbnb. So props to you for actually uh, doing that. But talk about these classes. When did you start doing it? Like, why did you start doing it?
1: Yeah. So it was about three years ago. I picked up bread Uh huh. and then, you know, that first night, it, it took me about three months before I baked my own loaves and I didn't really have a mentor or anything. So I watched YouTube videos. I bought a book. I read the first chapter like 10 times there's other good resources, podcasts. I went to a free class, most of it was over my head, but none of it was Uh hands-on. So it took me a lot longer than it should have, but I made my own starter, got it going. But that first night I baked those two loaves and stood out there on my deck and Uh the storm was brewing and I woke woke everybody up. We had like two Chinese homestay students staying with us. I said, get down here, wake my daughters up, get over here. Just tore that thing apart and it was so rewarding. And so then I just started baking every weekend and literally for four months, if I say literally again, kick me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I literally
1: will. Okay. So about four months, every weekend I'd bake bread and I'd go two loaves, four loaves. And I was doing eight loaves every weekend. I'd keep two for the family and give six away. Okay co-workers, friends, neighbors, family. And everybody's like, hey, this is so good. Where's your bakery? I'm like, oh, I don't know. There's not really a bakery. Uh, Bakery's in vacation. my kitchen. <laughs> What's the recipe? Right? And I'm like, well, it's flour, water, and salt. It's three ingredients that you physically put in yourself, and then the bacteria work with you and make this magic What creation. now? I, I mean, this one has a couple add-ins.
2: Well, yes, that's but this why. One, this one's um, here. It's this like a
1: meal. The so this, these little buddies, that's just three ingredients. It's it's. I mean, we could make it with two and leave the salt out. And they're like stupid pretty. We just pretty. want a really salty soup to go with it.
2: Yeah. I want to take a photo shoot with it. Well, we will. <laughs> we will take, take
0: some pictures, put them up on Instagram or something. But
1: but oh, okay. Yeah. So I was, I was I was giving all this bread away. Yeah, right? yeah, it yeah. So rewarding to give it away. I've been I dabbled in songwriting for the f- years and gone to open mics and I got the reaction with my bread. I always wanted with music. right? It just never, never happened for whatever reason. That's fine. But it's like, Oh, people love this, right? People
2: like bread a lot more than they like music. I <laughs> Some think. people do. Yeah.
1: So then, so then people were like, I'm like, okay, I can't really give you a recipe. You can try to do all the research I did, and a few months later, you'll get something, or just come and bake with me. I'm baking every weekend. So I had, like, guys sleeping on my couch, and neighbors coming down, and this guy from... Sicily says like Oh your bed's better Than my grandmother's Back home And I'm like really Your bed is <laughs>
0: Bread oh, I, 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 I. Sorry did I say that Did he do that well, No, you know,
1: no you I'm glad I misheard were, it yeah, too Yeah you were like
0: People I, were staying with you And then your, your bed My your, bread you No
1: know, they're oh, sleeping <laughs> On the couch Baking Maybe bread. both I don't <laughs> but it's, know it's, it's, it's oh, a couple day process Right yeah. it's long Yeah ferment. it takes a
2: long time Right Yeah
1: so you're not Working on it the full time A lot of times you're waiting So but I had neighbors come And they'd come one day And okay. then i say Come back tomorrow Tomorrow, right, and we'll do the rest of it because we need to let it proof or, or whatever. So I was doing that, but just for free, right? And and I realized it wasn't practical to try to have people come t- for two full days, right, forty eight hours to learn from. Just like
2: hang out in your so house. So I'm like,
1: I'm like, I bet I could prep everything in advance and do like they do on the cooking shows, like put this in the oven for four hours and turn around and then here's the finished product. So I was doing that for a class. So it's a lot of prep on my side, but I could compacted it down to three hours, hands-on workshop, really created what I wish I would have had. So as soon as I did that and started charging, the people that I taught would send me pictures the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year of all these creations. Whereas the people that I taught for free, they, Thanks for the bread. And they never baked on their own again.
2: (laughs) Dude, once if you have a little bit of skin in the game, it changes.
0: All right. We're going to take just a couple of minutes now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys. Utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to Tim Pickett. I don't know if you guys remember back on episode 420 when we had him on the podcast, we found out about medical marijuana here in Utah. Now, UtahMarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast. They have a team of medical cannabis experts that make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond.
2: With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that, because not
0: only do you save $25, but it also lets them know, hey, I'm a listener of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Head on over to their website as well, utahmarijuana.org. Tons of resources about medical marijuana here in Utah. Uh, you could listen to the podcast, Utah on the Weeds on, on there and find out about all of their locations that they have here in Utah. Again, the website, utahmarijuana.org. Go check it out. Go support these guys. And many thanks to, uh, to them for sponsoring this podcast.
1: But I've taught all kinds of people. Sometimes people come for a date night. Sometimes multi-generational families that are in town for the holiday. Thirteen-year-olds are some of the best students that I've had. But I've also taught some people that are professionally trained in the cooking world, which is intimidating to me. I taught a lady that she does. She's from Slovakia and she does those kolaches. Kolaches. Oh yeah. I can't pronounce it right, but she um, she teaches classes up in Park City. And is it Dottie's kolaches that? Uh- not Dottie's. Yeah. She doesn't have she doesn't have a store for okay, She okay. just teaches the classes and, okay. and a few other pastries and stuff. Okay, like her grandmother's recipes. But you know, she comes in to learn from me. And a guy that used to own a bakery in Draper comes to learn from me. He's like, I bought this bakery. It had a fridge full of sourdough starters, and I had no idea what to do with them. Right, <laughs> and so holy cow! Um, yeah. How did? Well, I don't want to derail you, but how did you learn? Just a lot of study. Um, YouTube videos are helpful. There's a good series on Netflix called uh, Cooked. So, Michael Pollan investigates. So, you're a natural. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. The thing is, it's not consistent. Like it's very, even now, it's only fun for me if I'm still learning, right? It's experimental. So this is like the first time I've, this is not like a classic loaf. This has
2: yeah, it's a maze sweet balls. New Mexican
1: chili and it's the red chili in it. Yes. But I was going to ask cheese what kind of chili has that is the, I can't even remember the name of that cheese, but the cheese had some green chili in it. Yes. it's with a red chili. So this is
2: like a breakfast loaf.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. But it's a lot so of them good. are like a meal in and of themselves, right? So
2: Yeah, man. So these
0: classes that you teach. There. How do people, like if if somebody wanted to take them, how would they sign up for it?
1: Yeah, the easiest way in most of the locals, it's word of mouth by okay. and large. Like this just keeps growing on its own. Like it's a side project that yeah. hopefully someday is more more full-time. But most people that sign up locally will just message me on Instagram. It's moonbread with three O's, moonbread. Um, but I do have a lot of people that sign up on Airbnb experiences, which is totally fine. It's just, you know, Airbnb takes a cut of that. So if, if they heard about me directly, then no sense paying someone uh, otherwise. But uh, yeah, or sometimes it's just, it's just word of mouth, former students. And like I had a student take, take the class a couple, a couple years ago. She surprised her best friend, best friend showed up, you know, some guy's house coming in, doesn't know what she's doing. It's like, okay, we're baking sourdough. So baked, baked a bunch of bread, baked the sourdough pizza, taught him how. And she's like, my mom, my mom couldn't understand why we were going to a sourdough class because she hates sourdough and sourdough really is a misnomer. We talked about that a little bit, but it could be sour. It could be sweet. It's naturally leavened bread is really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just the only one that you could find in a bakery a hundred years since active dry yeast was developed. They... Um, we call it sourdough. Right. But she took the bread home to her mom messaged me after she's like, my, my mom loves this bread. And just about a year later, she brought her mom to class as well. Right. Would
2: it, would it be fair to call this new world sourdough?
1: I think a guy has a book with that exact title.
2: Oh, really? Cause <laughs> no. I feel like that's the exact description of this for people who don't like sourdough. This is yo bread. (laughs)
0: Wait, there's people that don't like sourdough.
2: Yeah, because it's a little bit. It has a little bit of a sour bitterness, a tang to it. Oh man, which I I mean,
1: sourdough bread with
2: a oh with a soup. Mm. Yeah, Mm.
1: but yeah, there's a lot of health benefits too as well. And I don't, you know, profess to know why you're gluten free, right? But a lot of people that are gluten intolerant. When it's I, just
0: the digestion, my digestion. Yeah, really and that's tolerant. part of the reason yeah. that,
1: that I was curious about it as well. I had family yeah. members that were, you know, struggling with their diet, and it wasn't they weren't allergic to anything, and so just trying to go more whole uh-huh. foods, more natural and everything, and so this, this caught my eye. But I have students that take the class specifically because if if they are gluten-sensitive th- or gluten-intolerant, gluten sourdough, the, the long ferment allows okay. that bacteria to break down the gluten and other things in the wheat in the flour. So that it's much more stomachable. Interesting. So a neighbor came, uh, I just gave him some bread and he's, he's like, yeah, I'm, they came over for dinner or something. And his wife hadn't had bread in over four years. Okay. And so I sent it home with them. Super excited. If it's, if it's fully sour, true sourdough, right. It's not partially a starter and partially yeast then she can have it. So I said, how did, how, how did that go? Right. Did, did it make her sick at all? Did it bug bug her? And he's like, she's actually is a little bit sick today. It was because she ate that entire loaf herself.
3: Oh, <laughs> that one night.
1: And So it's not the, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't the reaction that her body normally was just gave. just
0: too much bread.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, but overall it was just really curious. But, but if we talk about, stop me at any point. If you sure if I go too deep here.
2: I just have to say, I would eat a whole loaf too. So I get, I
1: feel you. That's all. <laughs> But if, if we talk about like sourdough in terms of bread, there's three big benefits. Okay. Um, one is that you're using it as the leavening agent. So it's making it rise, giving it fluffy. That's why in Michael Pollan's series on Netflix cooked fire, water, earth, air, it's the air episode. Cause he's talking about that air and that fluffiness that you're getting in the food. Right. So it's, it's working as a leavening agent. Two is that nutritionally it's breaking down. It's unlocking all the nutrition that's in that tiny little seed of grass, right? Weeds hmm. of grass. And if you just eat that seed plain, your stomach can't won't really benefit from it at all, right? Sure. But the bacteria pre it. so it's really the original processed food. Take that beer. Beer thinks it's the first. I don't know who knows which was <laughs> first, but beer, beer and bread are really the two original processed food, but they're processed by, or I guess any fermented foods. But the bacteria is what's doing the processing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's chewing through everything in that, in that seed. And then breaking it down so that then when we stomach it, it's really the second time that it's being stomached, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. That makes so much
1: sense. So, yeah, that's the second. So, the second benefit is that it's, it's pre-processed or nutritionally, we're getting access to all that. And in this sense, we're getting the full grain, right? We're getting the bran, the endosperm, and the, and the germ as opposed to just the white flowers, just the endosperm and the starchy inside of the, of the seed. Hmm. When most white bread is skipping out on those other two benefits. It has all the protein and the wild yeast and other stuff. But the third big benefit is the flavor. Because you get a lot, you get this full flavor spectrum or layers of flavor, especially the longer you ferment it. So, someone that is gluten intolerant. If you stick it in the fridge and let it ferment for a day or two in there. And sometimes I've gone over a week. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. And the books never say to do that. But just out of curiosity. um, And sometimes just due to a crazy schedule. (laughs) You know, I don't get back to it. But you bake that, and it's just a lot, lot stronger. It'll, it'll, it, you don't even need to add anything to it because in and wow. of itself. So if you make sourdough crepes, you don't need those to rise up and be. You don't, you don't need air oh pockets in them. Oh my gosh,
2: we are gonna have
1: to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. So put it. But pin you still get it. those second two benefits, right? Even if you don't. So anything that you're gonna make, if you were gluten intolerant and you were trying to introduce grain to, into your diet again, not saying you have to. No, to no, no. Anything, I mean,
0: hey, well, it, it's fun but, to try sometimes yeah, just to but see what happens. Like,
1: from a bread standpoint or, you know, sourdough, pizza dough, etc. but just even like you can make, I make tortillas, right? Uh-huh. Or crepes or noodles or any of this. If it's coming, if you're making it and you're, the, you're not putting dry flour in straight, you're taking from, sometimes it's called a hungry starter or a sourdough discard or that your starter that's usually sitting in the fridge that has doubled in size and then Would it to be right like down? the
2: equivalent of like the mother- yeah, from the, kombucha.
1: Yeah, and that's why in Spanish the sourdough stars are referred to masa madre.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, mother that makes dough sense. Or mother
1: of the dough. Okay. Um, or yeah, in, sometimes it's called the sponge, but it's the same. It's a sourdough culture, mm-hmm. and those it's the bacteria are in charge. It's very acidic, but they you feed it more flour and water. Oh man! And then they just double in size and they
2: Brooklyn go. Brooklyn Nine
1: Nine. Have seen you this seen?
2: That? Oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: what was there an episode there's, or something? Oh, on-
2: and there's like a lot of episodes about uh, Grandma's starter dough. It's like um, the thing that was passed down when their grandma died, and it's hilarious because it's, it's like fun. it controls everything because it's so amazing, <laughs> you know.
1: I could go on and on about this, but it, it's it's. It sometimes becomes like a part of the family, so you always name your starter. So everybody that comes to class gets to gets to pick a like name, name
0: like Charles or Frank or something.
1: Anything. Like that, right? I mean, just remember I mean, you have to eat it. Well, a lot of them so, will name it after their their great aunt that used to make the sourdough <laughs> waffles. So there's Gertrude and everything else. Is
2: some that will do a off of Des. <laughs> 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 just
1: kidding. So my starter's named Des. So you get spin-offs of Des, and then my whole <laughs> wheat version of my starter is Dwez. And so you get a lot of fun. Some people come and they want the whole wheat version of the class or, or vice versa, but then there's a lot of punny names. So you got like Bradley Cooper or Brad Pitt, or <laughs> there's, there's a long, long list. If you, if you Google it, That is so uh, the, great. Or, or sometimes, yeah, people can't agree upon a name. So we'll do like a, an Instagram poll and like the, the husband and the wife, one, one was Chester and one was Seymour and Seymour won out. The people spoke.
0: You know, what's cool about your classes. And I want to say this just cause this just popped in my mind is I'm a fan of experiences, right? Like doing things, activities, creating memories. This is a great Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. This is a great Christmas gift idea. Yeah. Somebody who's listening right now, because like I said, this will be up before Christmas, probably a couple of weeks before Christmas. So if you're listening, you're looking for a gift idea for like maybe a girlfriend or wife or husband or boyfriend or something like that, or if somebody may take a class with them, right? Or, or, uh, Give them like a gift certificate. I don't know. Maybe you don't offer gift certificates. Yeah, at- I've
1: started doing it a little bit. So okay. um, yesterday a guy stopped by. He was buying it for his wife. Her birthday's in December. So I'm like, is this for birthday or Christmas? Because I do a little handwritten card. Yeah. And and then he bought like the bread baker. So he's giving her the gift of the bread baker together with the inside. So we're going to go and learn how to use this. And so I had multiple already this year that have signed up. So I'm pre pre-selling out for January, but yeah, I have a lot of openings right now for, for December or even into next year, but it, it is a really good gift and it is a lot of fun. People do it for anniversaries yeah. or in it's the like end a of, really
2: fun family activity. Yeah. You know? There's a
1: grandma and a lot of times people, people have family ties in Utah and they'll plan in advance for mm-hmm. when they're in Utah to come as a whole family. Right. And so, yeah, the end of, December, there's a a multi-generational family coming. The grandma's like, I don't get to spend much time with my son or my my grandson. I mean, he loves time in the kitchen. I think he's 13 or 14. And she's like, this is really special that we're able to do this together. So
2: like, you know, grandmas who really trying to connect with your grandkids, Go to this, no, invite them. Talk about a unique bread gift Bread brings idea. people together. It's a lot
1: of fun. I, I, I love experiences through and through. Like, yeah. So I've done, I do like a guided hike. Uh, you do it as well? I've taken experiences. Oh no, you, customer, you host a hike. But like, I also host yeah. a, a couple other experiences oh, okay. as well. So when I was like a guided hike um, up near Movie Rocks uh, by my house, I could talk about that for a while too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I do, I've done a smoothie bowl class as well. That's not, not as much. And that's less technical, if you will. It's more like a 90 minute experience where you just have a little more fun, play with it, uh, learn some tips and tricks and some flavor combinations and get some optimal texture in your smoothie and make some smoothie bowls and stuff. But yeah, I've done a a few different experiences, but when traveling, like I got to go down to Columbia recently and do a, a salsa class in Bogota. Right. Or that is so cool. Everybody experiences isn't as well known. It doesn't have to necessarily be on that platform, but more and more when you travel, or even if you live right in that city, like I went and did the honey tasting one. they do husband and wife does one down in Provo and they just have honeys from all across the U S and a few other places, but not, not honey infused with something else. Honey. That's like, this was gathered near an avocado orchards. So
2: it's like the, the honey made from the bees that live on avocados. Yeah, yeah. Which,
1: which types of flowers are they going to? And you get all different flavors in the honey just based on where they're
2: mm-hmm. Now, is this
0: is this bread making your full-time job? This is just a little side hustle you're doing, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a side hustle. So two and a half years-ish, okay. I think I've been formally teaching. Would you like to create a full-time gig out of it? Yeah, I would. I'm not rushing to do that, um, but I want to see where it goes there's a lot of different angles you could take with it. Like there's a, a guy opening a shop in, in downtown Salt Lake that messaged me recently about, you know, can I source your bread for my sandwiches in my, in my restaurant? Oh, yeah. Or even, the, even after the cheese awards, the, I don't know, it was just the head chef or whoever it was leaving bill. Yeah. I don't know. the place, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you, can we, can we source your bread? And yeah. I'm like, once or twice a month is that good enough? <laughs> You're like, well, I'm
2: one guy. Yeah, yeah so, that, that's tough.
1: But I'm also really interested in the sharing economy. Mm. And what's nice about this, so I, you know, when Uber and Lyft were first a thing, I went and drove. out, Mostly out of curiosity, when I drove up a Sundance, right? Yeah. And I hosted a, a bit on Airbnb, right? And then I've made bread in my home, not bread, food, just like Japanese dishes. And there's been various food platforms that are coming on where you can sell food online. And so, I really like the fact that I can leverage my kitchen and monetize it in some way, right? And I'm even like hosting, like I have this vintage land cruiser that I, like a Japanese land cruiser that I started renting out for photo shoots and other things. So, I really like this idea of you can build a life where you have things that you enjoy. But you have access or even like down in Provo, there's a startup called Utilize Hmm. where you could say rent out your podcasting or even rent out your studio or rent out gear or whatever else for a photo shoot or or things like that. So that vein itself, I'm really interested in. And so jumping to like a, a physical bakery, I'm not opposed to that. And that could happen at some point. And even someone else was talking about you know we need a we need a sourdough brunch place in Moab. Can you come in? And start? Oh
2: my gosh, I'm that'd interested be so in cool. Doing
1: it, but I love I love the bootstrap nature of it or the fact that I don't have to go and get a massive investment um, piece by piece. But we'll see where it takes me. <laughs> it could it could?
0: Well, I'm sure you didn't imagine that it would take you where it has. No, already not right? at right. I mean, when you started all this, it was just for
1: fun. Yeah, and people just keep knocking on my door, and even just literally before I drove up here two to three different people came by to pick up bread. Right. Wow! <laughs> it's just like, if I have it, I'll sell it or trade it. And I probably trade a lot more bread than I do sell. It. And that's, what's really fun about it is I think they said bread was used as a currency even before gold was, and Dude, it is really bring good. Back the
2: barter system, <laughs> man. I love How it. How cool would that be? To that have would that. be so cool. That's
1: what's really fun though, about any of these, these, uh these, hol- or these boutiques or the farmer's markets or whatever is like, I went home with more goods from that cheese awards thing from all those other vendors. Oh my gosh. I left home with a little too much, but you probably paid (laughs) cash for them, right?
2: Well, no After after the actual judging. So it wasn't the ceremony. okay. Okay. But I, they were like, well, this is extra. And I'm like, Oh, it's all mine. Oh yeah, there was a lot. Sorry, Steve. And then I felt really <laughs> bad because I took literally all of it. It was so good. <laughs> Thanks, <Okay>. Steve.
1: <laughs> yeah, I made a grilled cheese <laughs> Thanks, with Steve. like thirty-five different cheeses
2: in one. Was oh my insane. gosh! Did you get some of that? The the um the grilled cheese.
1: Oh yes, Dude, yes. Dude, that's good stuff. Too. That
2: blew my mind. Yeah, I, I need to look up either. who they are again. It's, but...
1: it's Ballard. Ballard cheese is up Ballard in cheese. Gooding, Idaho. So they, oh, were, okay, they were exhibiting okay, next Idaho. to me and she just kept passing me little toothpicks oh, with these grilled cubes of cheese. It is literally
2: <laughs> one of the best things I've ever tasted. You put but it like directly on the grill,
1: like these little cubes. So it's it like sort of chars a couple yeah. sides of the cube and then you just.
2: And then you just eat the cheese. <laughs> so
0: we ran into you at the City Weekly Best of Utah Awards, right? right? You started talking about this time that you were on This American Life. I had, to, oh. I, have, I had to bring it up again on the recording. Yeah, I,
1: I wasn't on it. Or you weren't on it. No, my no, buddy, you're... who's also named Jordan, was on it.
0: Okay, okay,
1: okay. And I got to help with gathering, doing the research yeah, 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 for yeah. that little bit in one episode. Well, well,
0: let's talk about this because, you know, the, no, 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 no. The funny thing is about it is I remember listening to this episode. That's what's funny about oh, it. Oh, really? Years ago, because this was, this was years and ago. And you remember right? that like, it was in Utah? Yeah, and I just remember, you see, so- I, I love this American life. It's been a while since I've listened to it, but I love it. I used to listen to it all the time. So it's f- interesting to me that I happened to catch that episode. Mm. So explain this for, for listeners. So you <laughs> you helped do some research for this episode. This guy had a heart that, made people faint or something like that?
1: so they they had a live episode they'd put out a few months or so before okay where they're in some sort of auditorium i don't remember all the details other yeah, than yeah. some guy has like a, a loud heart sure sure Pal, i don't know palpitations or whatever yeah but he in this auditorium he put the microphone up to his heart and multiple people in the audience fainted yeah so after that episode, I believe that my, one of my good friends, his sisters was a producer out in New York for uh-huh. the show. She reached out to him and then to me and a few others involved in this incident that we had, a small town, Utah, um, years before where the, the memory was that multiple people fainted at this event that we did as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think they were starting to were research to find similar yeah, stories because right. you know, they usually have a theme.
2: Why,
0: why are these people fainting? Yeah.
1: Right. And so. They remembered some people remembered multiple people fainting, but as we dug yeah. into it, the only people we could narrow, the only person we could narrow down that we knew for sure fainted was my little brother.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And so they were reaching out to me, but it's I mean, Janola, Utah, like a thousand people, right? And, and this
0: is where you were born, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
1: that's my half Utah side. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, born and raised there, and in high school, me and some cousins and some other um, decided to do a beauty contest for the town celebration, right? Most towns here have, they have strawberry days or onion days or cherry days, right? In the summer. Yeah. They're, they have their, 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 their days. We were small enough that we just had a, a day. <laughs> you just get one day. Yeah. <laughs> and the parade went past the park and turned around and came back past the park. So just tiny, tiny, but we decided to do a beauty contest, but it was for the guys. Right. And so we did the stupid beauty contest and throughout the course of doing something really stupid on stage, the second year, there was blood involved on stage in an ambulance, but my, yeah, my little brother did pass out. So he also needed medical attention as a oh, result. Wow. So I, yeah, I got to dig into sort of trying to see, it was sort of interesting. I've never really done any journalism. So it's it sort of fascinating to try to dig into something that I was there for personally. I had my own recollection of it, but to see what does my little brother recall and what do these friends and these other people. um, And, and I had two different video angles of the event. So I sent those into this American life and they um included audio from that video yeah on the air wow. and they do mention my name <laughs> and mention me playing guitar cuz i was i was performing i dedicated a song to my dead frog and played a, a Pearl Jam song to my dead frog. I mean, he, my dead frog wasn't on stage. I dedicated it. So they did mention me playing guitar yeah. on the air, but I'm not famous in any sense for playing guitar. I feel
2: like that's literally making it. Dude,
0: that is, that's that's a, a whole story. But though, my friend's man.
1: name is Jordan as well. So people that hear it get a little bit confused. It's like, oh man, were you okay after? Let me see your arm. It's like, no, it wasn't, wasn't me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my buddy got to be Dude, <laughs> interact with Ira.
0: Still, still a cool <laughs> oh, story Ira. though,
1: man. I that would, is so uh, cool. But that was my, yeah, my my first interaction with anything podcasting. podcast related yeah, yeah. again. I, I was an avid listener. I I'd probably heard for the last two years leading up to that, I had heard everything. So I had definitely heard the, the fainting story and right. but they ended up using it for something different because we only found one fainter, but they still used the, the research we did yeah. for like 10 minutes in one of the episodes. So. Man, I love that stuff. That
0: is so cool. What about this uh, smoothies in Japan? I made a little note here. What, you were going to maybe make some smoothie? Yes. What was, what was that all about? I mean, that's just kind of like, I
1: mean, I can't say that. I can't
0: say, well, <laughs> well one day I want to
1: make smoothies. I
2: literally sweet. never thought about doing smoothies in Japan. Yeah. Well,
1: once again, it's me talking about things that I, I almost did, For right? Drinks. yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> so, but what happened? A here? buddy and I, he had, in college, he had worked at a Jamba Juice and we had both spent time in Japan and he had seen how, especially his Japanese friends reacted to smoothies and like the supplements in them, the healthy side of it, with a good flavor. And he's like, Japanese market will eat this up. They don't have it yet. They've got like Smoothie King has some chains in South Korea. It's the most comparable market. It's going really well. Let's put together a business plan and make this happen. Finally,
2: one thing we have that Japan doesn't. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So we started researching it. We entered a business contest with British Airways and won a free trip to go over there. They flew us to London for this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial event. And then on to, on to Japan, then down to Southern Japan where we we were about to do it. And then he's like, I'm going to go get an MBA. So he went and got an MBA and then I went and worked in the corporate world. We never actually opened the shops, but we were there doing samples for people in Japan and researching the market and everything. And um, it was like
2: a really good research experiment, like experience.
1: Yeah. And going through it and like developing, you know, our, our initial um, menu prototype, right? I've made a lot of smoothies, <laughs> and so I still had like the logo, the Instagram account, World Juice W H I R L E D, which wasn't actually a good name for Japan because they'd say like Wired Juice or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah.
1: <laughs> but World Juice, so I still had that, and so I've shared stuff out recipes and like, uh, you ever come across the cricket guys? I, I made some cricket, oh, bread. Like cricket oh, yeah. flour. Yeah. You yeah. know, somebody
0: put me in contact with them we to bring to them because they're from Utah. I think, yeah. So to bring them on this podcast. But I can't, I think I lost that information. So if somebody has Pat, that,
1: I think Pat, oh, I would love, love to bring him on Pat this podcast or something.
0: Oh no, he, he's a cartoonist, Pat, Bagley's
1: not Pat Bagley. Yeah. So it's Pat, I know his last name. Sorry, sorry, Pat for both Pats. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, I met him once or twice at events and got involved in some other things there, but why did I bring that up? The reason that I brought it up is I had this smoothie Instagram and sharing out different um, mm-hmm. recipes and I had a lot of vegan followers and I never really realized that, yeah, most smoothies are very, yeah, are, are vegan friendly. Um, and
0: very rarely do you put hot dogs and stuff in
1: smoothies. You know, yeah, but hamburgers. a lot of people Ooh. will throw in like yogurt and stuff. <laughs> oh, it's stuff. true, true, yeah. true. But, but when I put cricket powder oh. in, that makes it non-vegan as well. Yeah, okay. So that's why mm-hmm. I had the vegan trap bread. Did you try it? Yes.
2: No, I didn't get to try it, but you told me about
1: <laughs> it and I, it was great. I made bread that had honey in it, which is not vegan friendly. Yeah. Uh, local honey from actually one of the other judges, um, Dave. He, he hooked me up with some honey and we did some trade for some oh, bread right stuff for on. his honey because he, he makes honey or- Harvest honey up and bountifully some bees up there, Um, but I had honey in it and I had cricket powder in it. So the name of the bread was vegan trap because it also had cashews in it. And and we were at a cheese event, bread with cashews in it. Cashews are usually the primary um,
2: ingredient ingredient like in for a,
1: vegan cheeses, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a trap. So I ca- my sister's vegans. So
2: yeah, yeah. I, I and I a-
1: <laughs> so they're eating crickets and honey. Have
2: you thing. had a hard time though explaining to people like it's not for vegans? Cause I think if that's you're that was a one time ride.
1: Once again, it's just okay. like, anytime I'm baking for something, I'm yeah, I'm it's not kind selling awesome. that or anything else, but that's like my half New Mexican joke. Like nobody, they just like roll their eyes. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Stick but the point was I had this uh, world juice, I was doing smoothies and stuff. And so I never really sold smoothies, never had a smoothie shop or anything, but like I entered a little recipe contest that they did with the, when they first rolled out their cricket powder mm. and I think there was maybe three entrants, but I won just like the sourdough at the cheese awards. I won that too, but I was the only (laughs) entrance, (laughs) but, um, so I had started to like benefit in some way from the food world. And then, then with bread, I was trading it like mad, but now it's, it's more than paying for itself and will allow me to grow. And if I did want it to turn into something larger, it definitely could. That's awesome. The smoothies in Japan, I would love at some point to have Sort of like a brunch place that had smoothies and bread because I do teach smoothie bowl classes. Mm -hmm. Not as much, but if people request them or I have them on Airbnb experiences as well. Um, But that's more light, more fun. I mean, there's still a lot to learn and you could go any which way you want with smoothies. But Um, it's
2: not as delicate. Yeah. bread.
1: Well, sourdough bread, it's incredibly flexible. It's not as technical as other baking. You don't need to be precise on temperature or ingredients or ratios or anything necessarily Mm -hmm. if you want consistency you need to but just to make good healthy bread it's incredibly flexible and but but there's still it's just net new for people so three hours for the workshop for sourdough whereas um the smoothies yeah just an hour and a half did i answer the question you did you (laughs)
2: did i mean i am i am blown away here i um, (laughs) some oh yeah incredibly (laughs) random (laughs) no it's good you're you're tying it together
0: When you're not making breads and when you're not doing these classes and you're not doing that, what are some of your other hobbies and interests? What are some other things that you enjoy doing as we get to know Jordan a little bit, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Songwriting is a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't done as much recently, but I used to go to a lot of open mics or, and that was my goal with, with music. I was like, all right, I know that I'm not going to make it huge or even small, but I just want it to pay for itself. And so I would do like, worked with a, a rock climbing gym down in Orem a few years back and used the space where I performed a concert while people could rock climb. And I made all the money for that show. Cause the guy sold a few season passes to his climbing gym and I brought in new customers for him. So all of the, the door revenue he gave to me so I could buy a new guitar with it. So it was just, my goal was that's just to clever, have it sustain itself. a
2: rock climbing gym.
1: But yeah, <laughs> random, random uh, stuff. That's, that's
2: like really cool and fun.
1: But yeah, music, and we used to do the karaoke concert series up at Utah State, and that other Jordan that was mentioned on This American Life, he and I started this thing where we would... um we would pick a band, one per month. Anybody on campus or otherwise. It was right when Facebook first was a thing, so you could just sort of send a blast out to all of Cache Valley. And anybody that wants to come, we've got this basement. We've got the words projected up on the wall. And anybody that that wants to be involved in a Red Hot Chili Pepper song or a Neil Young song or whatever else, oh, we would right just on. will these songs to life, and everybody would sing along, and it's the most magical, euphoric experience. I think one night when we did we did the Foo Fighters one, and Foo Fighters were performing in Idaho. And we did the, we did our karaoke concert series show of it. And everybody's like, this is way better than the
3: live concert. <laughs>
1: Usually karaoke
3: awesome. shows
0: are.
1: <laughs> but yeah, other things um, in the last few years, just a lot of mountain climbing. Okay. Just, um, not full on trail running. I'll run a bit, but just going, trying to go to a lot of peaks with a good friend. Um, so I've done Lone Peak multiple times, Timp multiple times, Nebo. Um, but it's, that's pretty addictive. I don't know if you've gotten to many of the, all the way to the summit of any of the peaks around the, West I haven't, edge. no, I, I, need to. Oh, I, it's, I need to, I
2: probably never will. I'm going to appreciate them from the view.
1: Do it once for a sunrise. You have, if you live in Utah, you live in Salt Lake, get okay. back with me. You have to get to a peak and watch the sunrise from any one of these peaks. There's ones that are more accessible and you, your car can get you closer to the top. All
2: right. All right. And it doesn't take more
1: than a few hours for some of them as well. Hmm. Go do Pfeiffer Horn. It's worth it. It's really, really the most natural it's an experience. We'll have, to, yeah. we'll have
2: to put it on the list. Yeah, yeah you mean,
1: start at like three or four a.m. Hike in the moonlight,
2: and then you get to the peak. That's really
1: early to start hiking,
0: (laughs) Chrissy. We're just asking. We're not asking you to do this every day.
2: This is like a. But can someone rub my feet at every (laughs) stop? I'm just kidding. This is like a one-time. It is no, that's true. I'm just man. I'm just out of shape, and I'm giving you hell. So continue.
1: No, you have to. You have to do it. I'm
0: in. It's, Next time you do it, you let me take, know. I'll, I'll go take, with you. Yeah,
1: I'll take. Yeah, anybody that wants to go, it's it's really neat. And I'll usually just take half a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, hey, carbohydrates is good. Have you seen Rat Race? I carbohydrates <laughs> is good. He's getting ready for the race. Is this Mr. Bean or Mr. Bean? Or yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. um, I could, yeah. A bunch of other random things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd but say, yeah. I, I do snowboard. Okay. So You're excited for years, summer season, or summer, or Winter. Pass,
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's going to snow again, but that's. <laughs> feels like summer. That's why I <laughs> I've
1: been traveling a lot. So I didn't get a season pass this year, but I, I do go up quite a bit. You've been traveling a lot for
0: like work or, or fun or. It
1: used to be more for work. Like I traveled a bit over to India for work and, okay. and other places. And then I try to get back to Japan as much as I can, even though I don't have any smoothie shops over there. But I've been going down to Brazil quite a bit this year. So I've been, I'm going down for the fourth time at the end of December this year. Okay. So <laughs> does someone
2: down there um, contact you and hire you and bring you down there specifically for something? Or or is it like you get to go and there's opportunities available for you to down teach to while Bra- you're there?
1: To, to Brazil or like teaching while I'm there? Yeah, yeah. Are you you asking, could I, or have I?
2: Oh, how, how are you, like, what's the situation? Yeah, what's
1: taking you there? Oh, I'm just chasing a girl down there.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I've, yeah, I've been dating a girl that lives in Rio, has a a company down there, so I've been going down as as much as I can. And so with the uh, vaccine situation and the passports loosening up a little bit, she was able to come for the first time last month to Salt Lake. So I got to show her our... City
2: and we missed her Aww, by a day. <laughs> that is
1: awesome. A couple of days, but <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, traveling a lot um, to see her mostly, and then just traveling in general. Like I went up and did a hike up in Alaska, and that's a that's where sourdough has roots, right? The sourdough. They refer to the old timers up there as sourdoughs. Okay, really. during like the gold rush and stuff, they would carry the sourdough in their pocket, and then they'd bake it over the fire. The little all right, cakes. Right,
2: that's some history I got to learn.
1: But yeah, talk about like sourdough being part of the, part of the family, right? There's people that have sourdough starters in their family that are over like a hundred years old. And these things are very important and they have a name and they won't share it. Well, some people will share it, but I'll share mine. Can
2: you split it and share it? Like give someone a little piece and just
1: grow it? Oh, infinitely. Oh, well, if you're not sharing it, you're
2: just, come on, man. Come on. So
1: Des has many grandchildren, children, grandchildren, probably great grandchildren. Some of my students have taught classes themselves. And so the mission of empowering every home that wants fresh, naturally leavened bread. It's actually, when I first learned how to bake bread, I wrote down a goal, a goal to give away hundred loaves. And then I was looking back through my Instagram the other day, because usually I'll take a, a picture of every class, not everyone, but probably almost taught how to do it more than 200 people. I know multiple of them have taught other people as well. And so it's pretty impressive. T- it just sort of blew me away in terms of how many people it's reached.
2: Kind of see the and network. This was, that's- yeah, this was, I started teaching
1: pre-pandemic before there was this extra boom of people wanting to learn. And then the lockdown prevented the in-person classes for a while. But uh, yeah, there's, there it's new old world. What did you call it? New world. New world New world bread. sourdough. Yeah, I think there's a kind
2: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sourdough. Ones. Yeah. Because, it you know, it's uh. It really is. It doesn't have that kind of extreme tang. Like if the people who've tried Panera bread and don't like it, you'll love this.
1: Yeah. And it's, you. there's a spectrum too. Like I can, if I can, I can bake it same day and it's not as sour or I can put it in the fridge for a few days and it's more sour. And in every step in the process, you can sort of control how sour it yeah, is. Yeah. And the starter that you use as well is going to dictate that a lot, but the flour as well. But yeah, there was a, a lady at the city weekly or awards the other night that, with Utah's own. Mm-hmm. And she knows a local grain grower that has a few acres of, I don't know exactly what kind of grains, but I want to, I want to try and start to develop some recipes and things with some local, local farmers. And you can try a variety of you can do the ancient grains you or go. even just doesn't necessarily have to be ancient grains, but just a variety of grains. Cause you can, I mean, gluten-free I've baked sourdough gluten-free. Okay. And use gluten-free flour that's made like with rice and beans. Yeah. The flavor was funky, very different, but it was good. It was, and it was, it was even more tarty, if you will. Okay. But I made a starter from scratch with a gluten-free flour, but the, the same principles apply really to most grains that you can get that bacteria going and, and strong and steady and just keep feeding it. And then you can use it to- you're good
2: making stuff. Very cool. That's awesome. I, I wonder, and I can't, I can't remember, but there's apparently a new type of grain that, um, farmers are trying to plant. That's supposed to be like the new gluten-free grain. I'd love to know if it's the one cause it's, it's new and I can't remember the name.
1: Yeah. There's a guy. That, so there's a guy that does the sourdough podcast in California.
2: Oh, okay. And Wait, to there's
0: like, a sourdough. That's pod- the exact name <laughs> of the podcast.
1: <laughs> and I've come across a lot of really cool people through that. Not that I've necessarily met personally, though I will at one point, but we, we sort of have a Mecca and which is tartine in, in, uh, San Francisco. So I, right before February, 2020, <laughs> I got to go there and, and get there, his classic country loaf for the first time but on his podcast, he's had a lot of people all over the world. There's like, there's a sourdough library in Belgium, um, where they collect these ancient starters or just any noteworthy starters and they, they keep them alive and sort of have a backup for posterity. I, I could go on and on about some of the fascinating things. Yeah, yeah people this in the is world. like
2: mind blowing. But there's a whole there's, world of and sourdough. this it's,
1: it's revolution whereas people like the health benefits, the flavor benefits, um, and also the, a lot of it is local for whatever reason, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to be proved about it, a lot that we don't understand about really what goes on in there, but there's more studies in probably the last decade to unlock what's going on. Well, it's it's kind of like the least processed way for you to eat, you know, any
2: kind of, yeah, bread and gluten or not gluten. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And it's really, it's really quite a, a local thing as well. Like, yeah, I've, I've heard one of those many myths that I've heard about sourdough is that. I don't know if it's a myth or not. Just one thing that I've heard said is that the more local your grain, and I've definitely seen if I grind my own wheat, it's more active. You'll get Mm. just better activity, good flavor, et cetera, from your starter. Um, But if your grain is more local, that it will perform better. Does that make sense?
2: I wonder. That is really interesting. I wonder wonder if because the soil and the climate have something... You know, because it's harder to bake bread out here. with The cl- I don't know. Yeah, love, when you first make the starter, stuff.
1: you're putting in like they say that there's there's wild yeast both in the air, on your person, as well as in the grain itself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's majority in the grain, but there's still stuff in the air because they'll they'll claim that San Francisco has the best sourdough because of the salty air, right? Interesting. And how much can that be proven versus it's just romantic versus Mm -hmm. somewhere in between.
2: And the thing I'm learning a lot of like romance things or things that were labeled as magic are really just, we're like super advanced science. We didn't figure out yet. So there might be a very good scientific reason behind that.
1: Yeah. Or it's, or it's super simple science in the sense that in terms of our involvement, right? That's, I think, I think sourdough is super advanced in terms of whatever the bacteria are doing at that microscopic level, but it's super simple in terms of what we have to do. And even the whole wheat is even simpler. You just mix it up and it doesn't – it's not as much gluten because the gluten's heavier in, in the hmm. white flour, right? And so, it doesn't really stick to your hands as much. It's much easier to clean every single thing that it touches throughout. And so, Interesting.
2: Okay. All right. And you said that you can make – I'm sorry. I do have to ask this crepes oh yeah sourdough crepes i'm gonna have you're you gonna have to give me the deets in a minute or later after the show i don't want to take up no all time, you're
0: good you're good if you if you want the,
2: yeah. oh man i just how do you do that you just use the sourdough like you would anything else
1: yeah so most recipes even like um cornbread or cinnamon rolls or anything that has flour mm-hmm. that calls for flour You can replace that and or there'll be special special recipes for it, but you can make a sourdough version of it, which just means you're not putting in raw flour. You're putting in flour that's already coming from the culture itself that's been broken down, right? Interesting. So, when you make crepes, it's really easy. It's like 10 minutes or less and I can make crepes for my daughters in the morning. I just put it all in the blender and just put the, the blender on a digital scale. 250 grams of hungry starter, which usually just comes from a container that I have in my fridge. 60 grams of milk, three eggs, three grams of salt, three grams of vanilla. Get really good Mexican vanilla if you can. The better the vanilla. And then just half a stick of butter or you could swap that out with coconut oil. It's just like a quarter cup of butter. But those, is oh, that six ingredients for keeping track. <laughs> those six ingredients. Um, and you just blend it up and then from the blender straight to the pan. It's super fast. especially If you have that starter going and there's a lot of recipes like that, you want sourdough waffles or anything else. It's really quick, but once again, for the gut, the flour for the gut, I think a big, a a lot of people are struggling with gut issues these days Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. I mean, you pull up a a loaf of bread off the average loaf of bread off the grocery store today. And I mean, what would you guess how many ingredients? There's
2: not much actual food in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, any, any guess in terms of number of ingredients? Oh, I would say 20. (laughs) 62. (laughs) There probably are some, but usually the ones that I've counted myself is 30 plus. Yeah. Usually in the mid thirties are the ones that I've counted. on. And if I'm going to buy bread, I'm usually looking for the healthier ones myself.
2: Okay. It's so interesting how we're like doing it to ourselves again. Cause in the Victorian times, the bread, it was unleavened, you know, and it was judged by how white it was. So they would dust it with like arsenic or whatever. It wasn't arsenic, but there's some, Uh, some, um, deadly thing that they would cover it with to make it look more white and so the rich people would buy this, Well like, we do it today we're bread. Ble- we
1: bleach our flour like yeah, if you want kinda... you know sourdough's not hard really a lot of people fail with it where because they can't get the starter if you get a good healthy starter but they're using like bleached flour and mm-hmm. that oh, and that's killing bacteria you're trying to foster bacteria so you don't want to fiddle with with yeah. it and it will just follow the well.
2: instructions.
1: Just use what nature provides, right? It's just yeah. so, so, I don't know.
2: It's like a forager style. Yeah. So, I like it.
0: So we have a few, we have a few Salt Lake City questions. We got to ask you, we got to ask you here uh, before we run out of time here, family and friends come here and you mentioned your your uh, girlfriend, yeah. friend from Brazil, girlfriend, yes. visiting you when they come to town and they say, give me the tour of Salt Lake or the Valley what is one or two places that
1: you like to take people to? What I have to be careful. The,
0: what's the, what's the Jordan? Why, why do you have to be careful?
1: Cause I, I, if I list some places that I didn't take my girlfriend, Ooh, snap, <laughs> oh. then you're in trouble, man. No, there's, there's definitely places that, that are fun. Like the hot springs. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Like, you know, some people the downtown or, or the lake or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. We made it out to salt air and caught a sunset from salt air, which is pretty cool. Okay. I've been to concerts out there, but I hadn't really just sat and looked out, out over from that angle. Um, and we made it to the Oregon getting beat by the, by the Utes. We went to the football game together and I always, but when I pick someone up at the airport, I've had a lot of people, you know, people that I know or friends of a friend or, Hey, my little brother's never been to the U S and he's flying into Salt Lake. Could you pick him up at the airport? Where do I take him right when I pick him up? Yeah. Do you want to know where, Yeah, where do you take him? Where would you take him?
0: Uh, right from the airport, mm, maybe. I'm lazy, so home. I mean, I guess it depends <laughs> on the time of the day. Like, if it's the middle of the afternoon, I would maybe take them to just even <gasps> Lucky stuff- Thirteen
2: would be my first. Oh, thought that's good. I, I, w-
0: I was gonna say like a like a view of the valley or something, you know. Okay, oh,
1: But they're hungry, nice. so for food.
0: Oh, for food, for food. Uh, Have i you- sorry. Um,
1: yeah, Lucky Thirteen's a good place. Okay, you know? yeah, I I went there recently, had a few of their burgers. It's good. And, and now say now let's change it a little bit. Say it's oh. one a.m. Where do you take them?
0: Ooh, uh, the, the pie, uh, pizza place downtown, the, the, pizza uh, joint. Uh, by campus. No, there's not a the, pie, when... the pie pizza. Oh, pl- the pie. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been there, it's yeah. like 400 South. Okay. Yeah. They State are open late. Yeah. Do you know what
1: time they close? It's like 3am, 3, 3 or 4am. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah. I did a program at the U a late night or an evening program at the U and one of the professors, yeah. he would. That you know, used you to be us my down there spot after. after
0: a night of drinking. I <laughs> would just walk past that place as because I, I used to live on, yeah, on, on yeah, 300 I south, to, south I there. need to
1: mark that because my go-to, and I think when we talk about like Utah food, because I'm really interested in Moon Red becoming uh-huh. Utah cuisine to be Utah bread, right? Yeah. Des, Des the starter itself is from Deseret, right? And the moon bread, the three O's in moon bread, there's three E's in Deseret. And I used to score it all with like the triple E and whatever else. But if you think about like Utah, what's Utah cuisine? I'm, I'm really fascinated by this. And I think. Fry sauce. Yeah, fry <laughs> sauce. And there's a couple of other you know, yeah, things. that's true. That's fair, right? you, want to, you want to try that out? Um,
2: Cheese fries? No? Yes, maybe. Okay, keep going. But
1: if there's, if there's one place that I've probably eaten at in terms of a food establishment in Utah, more in my life than anywhere else, I mean. Do you know what it is for you?
2: I am so confused and I'm going to feel really stupid when you say it. <laughs> it's so
1: obvious when you hear it, but okay, it's so quintessentially Utah. Food
2: in the middle of the night. This and it, is could be, it could be
1: any time of the day, but yeah. Beto's There the it B- yeah, that is. That's Betos! it. We know it's it. Oh, but we have to accept that, that is Utah food culture. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. You're, Beto's. You are
2: not wrong,
1: sir. Yeah. And Dude, they're breakfast no burritos, shame. man, that are yeah. size so, of a baby. Yeah. Yeah. They have so something for everyone. That's where we went. We get after the game. Fourth as a fourth South, right? And there's, there's a Beto's and. You, Solid there's that choice. But there's yeah. Late night. There's not that many, but even not late night. But yeah, when I, I was driving for Lyft and stuff, I remember one night, I think four different Betos across the Utah Valley and you got Gualbertos and, and Albertos and there's all the different mm-hmm. variations, right? And there's
2: like Rancheritos. Yeah.
1: We got Paco Paco's Tacos is my favorite. Oh, haven't been there yet. That's down in, um, in Lehigh, but yeah, anyway, but this it's more or less the same menu, right? And a consistent experience open 24 seven, but that, that is part of our food culture, like more cemented in than I think any of us realize. And it's, yeah. and it's pretty cool. It's,
2: I think that's, that's actually, that's really true. And I've never really thought of it. That's cool.
1: But I put, I posed this question actually on Twitter a little while ago. Like if you were, if you were, you had a layover for four hours in any random international city and you, you went out into the city and you saw a restaurant named Salt Lake and you went to sat down and say, it's, say it's a sit down restaurant, but not overly formal. What are, what would you expect to see on the menu for it to say? This is cuisine for uh, Salt Lake.
2: It, If it was like a taste of Salt Lake, dude, this or that, like, is
1: really oh, that is a really good question. That is a really good question.
2: I want to know what any. Okay, Jello? if you're listening, will yeah. you Carrots,
0: some kind of
1: carrots <laughs> salad? Text me of some or something. <laughs> <sort>? <laughs> do you have like a comment section on your webpage page or is like a face- we yeah, so. Facebook? We should do some Facebook community, right? Yeah, yeah we, we should. Do I like want to like see more too because
2: I would love to know.
1: So I. Uh, I got a few responses, and I can't remember what all of them were, but there was definitely like like the sodas, right? You got to have like oh my the gosh, never ending the dirty soda, soda. Yeah. yeah. And there's a few other things that you go to, like the funeral potatoes. Yeah. Oh, you have a lot to of people have haven't have had those.
2: A, a sugar cookie, a huge sugar cookie.
1: Yeah, my daughters would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, with I, would, I
0: wouldn't frosting. think of, I wouldn't think of that as Utah. But oh my gosh, I've but... never
2: seen the giant sugar cookie like huh. obsession like. Like, but think Utah. about
1: think about it like a lot of like gourmet restaurants or even gourmet cuisines that weren't historically like gourmet in a sense or high end or you wouldn't go and pay a ton of money for that are trying some of forged their way forward and have established that, and others are like further behind. But a lot of times, it's sort of this gourmet take or this recreation of what was really a very cheap and especially dish. Like those things that are most well yeah, known,
2: like ratatouille or something. Yeah,
1: are these things that like are comfort foods that remind you of home. So I think you could do a lot of fun things with you know saltwater taffy on the dessert menu, and green jello, <laughs> little green jello, and some of the stuff. But I also think I believe that like we can influence our culture in the way that we want to, to a small degree. Right. By that's supporting really, the
2: places you really want supporting to grow, places
1: hopefully. or, or creating places. Or like when I pick someone up at the airport, their image of Salt Lake is very much based on what I show them and what we create and do together. And it's, it's less, it's very, very dynamic. Right. But it's based on the, it's as much about the human that's guiding them.
2: Right. As about the, place right. the experience is about what happened yeah. and if you enjoyed it.
1: So Beto's, Climbing to the mount, uh, I love Lone Peak, the top of Lone Peak, and so that one is much more rigorous. Not for Chrissy first time. <laughs> I'm a supporter. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a little bit um you don't need climbing gear per se, but it's a little bit sketchier up there. But just to the top of any peak or a hike, and that's where like I've taken a lot of people up to those movie rocks. Um and other places, yeah. I it's sort of funny. There's a store Bohm, you ever been in it's oh
2: yeah yeah in, in, yeah. in the it's a, yeah it's like uh bohemian style right dress like clothes
1: yeah women's clothing yeah um, yeah i have one in Hamilton city creek and stuff but uh one of the founders is my neighbor oh right and on. so and she's also from rio and well, so she's got we some went, good style <laughs> yeah got to interact um and my girlfriend got to meet her while she was here because she my my girlfriend has a, a clothing company in rio as well and so got to interact took her to this salt lake this utah born clothing company but founded by two Brazilian sisters is sort of cool. But in their store, they have a little card if you haven't seen it, which is your guide to Salt Lake. And oh, they have this cool. long list of so have food establishments, tourist sites. And so it was about halfway through my girlfriend's trip where we sat down, sat down, she was trying on clothes and I, I saw that card sitting there and I'm like, how many of these 20 some odd places have I actually taken her to? And I was pleased. One of they had was like the Sweet Biscuits and Limeade.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, Sweet Lake. Yeah. Sweet yeah. Lake.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that that was on the list and, and we had gone there that morning. I'm like, I, I am showing you Salt Lake. You're like,
2: <laughs> I did it. I did a good job.
0: What would you change about Salt Lake City? If you could change something, if you had the ability and, and, and however you want to interpret that question.
1: I guess maybe I hit on it a little bit is like, I think, we have, we have a very distinct culture. We, we I mean, you say if you're on an airplane anywhere, sitting next to someone and say where you're from, say I'm from Utah or I'm from Salt Lake, there's certain, like every place has a stereotypical reaction or their expectations. Right. But I think we, like I said, I think we can influence that in the way that we want more than we think. Yeah. And I'm, I'm blown away by how this little project continues to grow in the connections that I've made. And the fact that I'm sitting here with you two guys, I've been listening to you for years. Right. Oh, but it's, um, I think one thing I'm interested in more like kind on of a personal, maybe, maybe it's a little bit selfish side is, is helping establish a bit more of a food culture hmm. and to say, you know, not just an individual, we got this really good restaurant that does Indian food great, or this vegan spot that that's really locked in the vegan ice creams or whatever, but just to be a little bit w- more well-known. And, and I think appreciating our past while, you know, incorporating that into the, the I new, love that. New future that's one thing, and then I think just in general, it's not unique to Salt Lake, but it's concentrated here. The problem is, I think, more exacerbated here with the inversion is just not just the pollution, but just our our heavy, 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 reliance on automobiles. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being like lectured by a friend in Japan one time about like, and he wasn't trying to make me feel guilty, but just like the, the massive impact that we. I think, are Ugh. we second to China now? And, and that's probably more probably. recently in terms of emissions that China has passed us. And
2: I wish I knew, I wish there was like a guide for dummies on how to be a little, you know, like how to, that sounds really silly, but you know, some of us need a little bit more education.
1: Yeah. And I think on that, what,
2: on like, um, how to stop contributing to the inversion
1: of oh. pollution
0: and stuff. Take the city bus, ride a bike, yeah. walk work from home,
3: work from home.
1: Yeah, but I think a, at a higher level, just personally, I'm definitely interested in sustainability. And one of the, you know, you had um, Jamaica Trinaman from Hello Book Markets yeah. on your show, and that's when I first found out about that place. And now, I love that like, place. My kitchen is very quickly actually, like the plastic dependency and everything else. Like I just save my glass containers for my New Mexican green chili. And then I go and fill it up there with the sliced almonds and I put it on my daughter's cereal in the morning. She's like, dad, this cereal is really spicy. (laughs) 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 Well, you're welcome. But I think, yeah, I think just that's, that's more of not a a Western thing in general is just our consumerism nature, our throwaway culture Mm -hmm. our just the earth is second, right? And the sustainability yeah. and appreciating nature and working together. We need to stop being leeches
2: yeah. and like start giving back again, or using what exists instead of like yeah. deliberately poisoning ourselves.
1: So I guess I'm more of a hippie and yeah, I than I it. ever ever would have imagined, but it's it's become more and more a part of me, and especially like in the in the food culture as well. You like there's so many benefits to buying local that you don't mm-hmm. think about initially, but like sourcing, sourcing food from overseas and the amount of emissions and packaging and time and extra labor and everything else that's not really necessary based on so much that we can produce right here. Yeah. How
0: can listeners connect with you? Let's run down like your, your Instagram. And, yeah. Instagram
1: and is the that. main way. It's sort of crazy how much business is just done yeah. on Instagram today, but yeah, just at Moonbread with the three O's is where I typically will mention out classes or collaborations and stuff. And, um, that's the easiest way. I mess around on Twitter. Now when you say moonbread
0: with 3 os, what do you mean?
1: Moonbread.
0: Oh, bread. oh, so the so spelled out the moon
1: part yes. with 3 os. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay, sorry. You got it. Sorry. So the Deseret, get, the Deseret initially, the Deseret bread, I didn't go with that name, but Des is the starter. Okay. But I think like, yeah, there was another back in the day, there was some other thing that was called that. So I didn't go with that name. Um, but yeah, moonbread.com with just two O's was taken. But a lot of it, the three O's hit a, a lot of, there's a theme of three because you got flour, and water, salt, three main ingredients, and there's three parts of the grain, grain ah. et cetera. And the three main benefits of, of, sourdough that I already taught you. That's cool. Can you, can you recite them?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Moonbread
1: with three maybe. O's on Instagram. I mess around on my, my Japanese first name is Yododon. Y-O-R-U-D-A-N. I mess around on Twitter, but people don't really talk to me there. It's just, just talking to myself, which is fun.
2: <laughs> That'll work too.
1: But yeah, I, I want a guitar on Twitter, so I can't complain. It's a fun place.
0: Yeah. Twitter's um, an interesting... <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter for years.
2: I, you know, I keep every day. I'm like, I should just start posting my thoughts on Twitter. Like it at least gets it out of my head and I don't <laughs> care,
1: <laughs> but I, it's a I, good uh, place to you know, talk to yourself. Sometimes no one cares every, about every you on Twitter. So. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Probably those two though, are the best though.
0: And Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here, Jordan. So I'm going to let her ask you, thank you again for, for recording. It was great to learn about all your breads and, and everything you got going on in your classes. Seriously, take
1: advantage of Jordan's classes. You can already
2: tell by listening that it's going to be an yeah. amazing class. Yeah. Like, hello, get started. Yeah. And no I'm pressure, I'm Chris, but if
1: you do try some and it sits well, then come to a class. If not, no worries at all. <laughs> no,
0: here's the thing is even regardless, I think I'd like to take a class. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Regardless.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Be super fun.
1: Oh, but actually, yeah. And we, I could get a, a a gluten-free starter going again as well. So okay. If you, Okay. If you're not getting enough flour in its various forms into your diet, then I can help facilitate that. Okay. Wow.
2: You make it sound so easy. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, you had a question? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question, a final question. If you could leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, or you wish they would live by, what would you tell them?
1: So, spent a lot of time in Japan, and they have a lot of these proverbs. Some of them are, are longer phrases, but there's a lot of them that are just four Chinese characters. Oh, I can't even remember what they call something, something Jukugo. but there's one that's called Ichigo Ichie. And you could translate it a variety of ways into English. It's like one meeting, one chance, or just one moment in time. But it, you, could, you could say things like once in a lifetime, but that's not quite right. But it's more about taking advantage of every what seemingly chance interaction you might have, particularly with other humans. Um, can be really meaningful if you open your eyes. And this is just, I'm just more, every time I like come across it or remember it, I'm just trying to remind myself to not just get lost in my own world, in my own podcast. I'm always listening to with my (laughs) earphones in and talk to someone on the trail when I'm up, you know, climbing the peaks around here. Strangers
2: are just people who aren't your, or like friends you haven't met yet. Yeah. Mostly,
1: mostly. Yeah, you can meet. And I, I sort of facilitate that where I bring strangers into my home and I meet a lot of neat people, but even outside of that, right. And I think if, if you do that, you can, Build community for your own self and, and, um, and that's really, I think a lot of what you're doing on this podcast, right? Is you're building community. Yeah. It's like, you know, John Saltis of city weekly, he's been building community for years and these connections, but he's the type of guy and and you're both the type that like one, one interaction. Right. And you make that connection and it's meaningful and you, it's it's personal.
2: Awesome. You just get like new people.
1: Yeah. And so that's that's it. Ichigo Ichie. That's it.
0: All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire back catalog of uh, episodes. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go check them out. Make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you're using these days. Uh, so whenever a new episode of the podcast gets released, it gets right sent to your uh, smartphone. Hey, it is the first episode of the month and we give love to our Patreon supporters. This is uh, one of my favorite episodes to do because I love to express gratitude and thanks to these individuals because these individuals are uh, awesome by helping keep the lights on, helping pay our podcast expenses and all that good stuff. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, super easy to do, patreon.com slash Lake, and you can do that for as little as a dollar. But let's run down the list here, give some thanks, show some gratitude to uh, Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorklund, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow, Nicole Davison, Nikki Line and Ryan Prince. Many thanks to all those individuals for being supporters of the podcast, Patreon supporters. Uh, again, if you would like to become a Patreon supporter, super easy to do. Just go on to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake and uh, become a supporter, and I'll read your name next month on the podcast. Super easy, easy. And that's going to do it, like I said, for this episode. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you would like a free market analysis and find out the value of your home is currently here in the area, in the Salt Lake City area, get in touch with me, 801-244-2908, and I'd love to help you out with that. And until next week, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.